This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hi, I'm Katie Brinkley. Hi, Katie. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. The awesome thing that we're going to talk about today that I feel like so many lawyers get confused about and have a hard time figuring out uh, is social media. So our big question and the reason we have you on today is to talk about what are the social media trends for 2022 that lawyers need to pay attention to. So Tell us a little bit first about kind of um, how you figure these things out, where you start, and and then we'll get into kind of the things they need to pay attention to this year. Awesome. Well, obviously, I love this topic because social media has been my passion for the past eighteen years. I got started. Oh my gosh! So- I know. I got. I always feel really old when I say that. But I- <laughs> well, like, as soon as you said that, I was like, "Has social media been around that long?" Like that's it amazing. Has. It started with this thing called MySpace, and that's oh when my I gosh. Got Started, yeah. So MySpace with for bands. I was helping bands with their MySpace pages, getting off of MySpace oh, and cool. onto the radio. And being a social media anything didn't exist back then because you know Facebook yeah. was still just for colleges. Instagram didn't exist. Twitter didn't exist. And I've always been drawn to how fast relationships can happen and how fast you can build uh, clients, customers, leads, and community around your business and your brand when you have a social media presence. And yeah. it started back with MySpace. Like I said, being a social media, anything didn't exist. So I... Was it even called social media back then? It probably wasn't. I don't think it was. <laughs> um, so I mean... What a what a crazy history. I know. And it's, it seems like social media is so new, but at the same time, like how much has it changed the way that we work and do business and communicate with each other? And, yeah. And pay attention and kind of have an awareness exactly. of uh, what we're doing on a personal, and a professional level like it's it really has changed relationships like you said I think that's that's a really great way of looking at it well and Karen I think that it's what we if we didn't learn anything from 2020 April of 2020 it's that you need to have some sort of a social media presence like whether it is a LinkedIn presence or if you've gone all in on Instagram I'm not saying that you need to start you know posting on all of the different social channels out there because there are a lot of them but yes if you have a presence somewhere, you can still be gaining those inbound leads, you can still be cultivating a community, and you can still get your message out there if the world were to shut down again. And yes, that's uh, that, that kind of derails from your question of... No, that's fine. <laughs> I think that's a great place to start just because it kind of gives us a foundation and a background of all of it. Um, and let's hope the world never... Uh, shuts down again. <laughs> but even on kind of a smaller scale, like let's, you know, at one end of the extreme of the world shutting down, but even on a smaller scale, like, you know, if we want to have a more balanced life and be present in all these different places, this is how you how you kind of do that. And you're mm-hmm. out there without having to show up at every event and every conference and, you know, do the things that old school used to have to do to get out there and network and and meet people. Absolutely. So, okay, so the big question, what are the social media trends? But I feel like we should actually even back up before we get to that because 
um, like you said, it's the it's the way to network and it's the way to get out there. Mm-hmm. But why do these trends even matter, especially to lawyers? Because I think lawyers are, you know, I don't think I know lawyers are very hesitant when it comes to to social media. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get it. I understand why it's it seems like it's a big undertaking of you know, What do I post? Where do I post? Which platform is right for me? And again, do I have to be on all of them? And I think that that's one of the the biggest misconceptions is, and that's when I start working with with new clients is I take an audit of of where where they're, they're posting. And honestly, most of the time we take a giant step back. We take a step back and like, okay, let's focus in on where you're getting the most traction now. Go all in on that. Start creating the right content that's identifying with your clients there. Let's let them get to know you. So let's start building up your brand on that platform. And then after that, if we want to start adding more platforms in, then we can, but it really takes away a lot of the overwhelm. And all of these social platforms exist for a reason. Yes. And there's going to be more that are coming out. I mean, last year was definitely the boom of social audio. We saw Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces, Facebook Audio Rooms, like all of these platforms were bringing out basically live podcasts to, you know, an app form and a new way to have conversation and connect with people. That was the big thing that we saw in 2021. In 2022, I think the biggest trend is going to be in that micro content, like that micro social network. How can you cultivate that community around your business and your brand to have your biggest fans be a part of it. And they want to see all of your posts. They want to engage with you. They look forward to seeing the lessons and the value that you can give to them on a regular basis. It's those those micro communities that I think we're really going to start seeing a lot more of in 2022. Okay, so let me ask you a couple questions about that. First of all, what, what do you mean by a micro community? And then... Um, yeah, let's 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 focus on that question because I have another question kind of following up on the the one about Clubhouse, but let's do one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what is a micro community and what, what does that mean? So, you know, we saw what was it like 3 years ago, how many ads did how many millions, maybe maybe a B with billions of dollars did Facebook spend during the Super Bowl promoting Facebook groups? And it was like, yes. why? Why okay, yeah, there's a Facebook groups. <laughs> But how many of us now are part of, of Facebook groups? Those are yes. what were shown first in the feed. And it's it's really yes. cultivating those little, well, this is how we can communicate. This is how we can grow together. And with Facebook announcing last year that they are now meta and going into this virtual space, I think that it's going to become even more micro. It's going to be leading us into how we can have those those online communities that some of our best friends are a part of, and we've never even met them in real life. Yes. I think that that's the way that social media is going to be going, is into these small circles of, and I mean, yeah. when I say small, it could be 30, and it could be 30,000. A couple I mean, thousand. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. you're going to have these communities that you're a part of where you, those are your closest friends. And if, again, the world were to ever shut down again, we're ready for it. We're ready to just yes. go ahead and pop up our avatar and throw on our Oculus and have those conversations <laughs> and watch a Netflix together with our Oculus VR on. I mean, like, I think this is the way that things are moving and we have to pay yeah. attention to these micro communities, pay attention to our groups and really focus in on, I think everyone needs to look at their business and especially a lawyer, like as their personal brand, that's yeah. you, that's the community you're right. trying to grow around you. 
Yeah. So as you said that, at first when you said micro communities, I was like, I don't know what that is and whatever. But then as soon as you started talking about Facebook groups, I have all these different groups. And that is really one of, especially for Facebook, Instagram is a different kind of story and experience. But Mm -hmm. with Facebook, it has got to the point where I don't really care so much about my feed anymore because I feel like we all kind of know what we're going to see there. We all have the certain friend that always does a certain type of post and a certain, you know, like it just, it gets kind of redundant. Like, you know what you're going to see from who, but those groups have become so important. So for me, um, it's, it's really different types of groups. Like there's one that's a very local, super local, small kind of uh, neighborhood moms group. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, my, I live in Southern California and we had wildfires. And so we had a wildfire that came through our neighborhood and we, there was 60,000 of us that were evacuated. And that group was critical. Like mm-hmm. we all needed to know street by street who was getting evacuated, where we were going, where we were finding hotels. Like it's not just minor stuff. This is like major, you know, what's happening at the schools? What's happening with this pandemic? Is this school open? Is it, you know, so that's a major uh, place of, uh, it's super community. important to me. It's your community. Yes. Exactly. But then there's also this group of agency owners that, you know, own businesses like mine. They're literally all over the world. And there's been good ones and not great ones. But I have found one or two that are fantastic. They provide great value. And I know that I can go there and instantly, if I have one little question about some little super microscopic thing, thing in dealing with a question or about a client or something technical, I can go there and instantly someone will reply and give me like the most amazing answer. So those are critical to me. And that's my main function for Facebook now. And I could totally see that, but I don't, I don't totally see where lawyers are going to, how that taps in for lawyers. Well, and I think that, you know, that's, it's, depends on what you are getting out of your social media. So, I mean, like Facebook groups, I think that it's a great way to be a part of the community. One of the best examples I like to give is during the pandemic, I was talking to a local coffee shop owner. He has like three local coffee shops here in Denver. And I know it's not a lawyer, but just bear with me here. But (laughs) he's a a brick and mortar store. He's a brick and mortar business. How on earth is he going to be able to stay afloat when no one can leave their house? And what he did was he joined Facebook groups that were local around him. Like, so he joined this apartment building Facebook group and he had joined, you know, the, the low high neighborhood group. And what he did was immerse himself in those communities and say, Hey, if I can be open for just three days a week, what three days would work better for you? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, I love that. And he asked those questions. And not only was he immersing himself as part of that community, like, hey, we're your local coffee shop. We're not Starbucks. You know, we're going to open when it works best for you. People wanted to go and support him. So it was a great way for him to use those Facebook groups, one, to get, you know, get some attention, attention, but he could get exactly the insights from his clients and customers that were local to that shop. And yes. three, he, he immersed himself as being support your local business. And I think that that's a great way to utilize Facebook groups if you're a brick and mortar store. Now, I mean, I, I, yeah, no, I think that's, I was just having kind of a flashback because for me, it's almost hard to remember the beginning of the pandemic. Like it feels so long ago sometimes, but um, there was that, there was a uh, you know, everyone was talking at the beginning about supporting your local businesses because they were, you know, they were all really s- struggling. Mm-hmm. So 
taking that just on a normal daily kind of existence instead of thinking about it in terms of a pandemic makes perfect sense. Be there, show up, have those conversations. And depending on whatever your practice area is, go find those right groups. Mm -hmm. So if you do real estate law, then go find people who are, you know, in that local area. If you do, you know, find the right group for whatever makes sense, but also don't be salesy and don't be, oh, it's so spammy. And you just instantly get, oftentimes you get booted out of those groups if you're just, you know. Well, and and I'm in a lot of social media groups on Facebook and I I go in to provide support, like to give my two cents. Like a lot of times people say like, hey, I'm looking at, finally getting a scheduler for my social media. What schedulers does everyone use? And, you know, like I will pop in and say like, well, I use Loomly. I've tried just about every yeah. scheduler out there, This, you know, whatever. And I've had conversations. I'm like, if you have more questions, feel free to DM me. And in those DM yeah. conversations, people have said like, why on earth? Like you've been doing this for 18 years. Why are you in this, this group? And I'm like, well, because there's always something for me to learn. I can learn, like, there might be other tools out there. I mean, if the second that I think that I know everything, that's that's when things are, I'm going to start falling behind. Exactly. And if you show up, give value, give support to the other community members, you never know if it could yeah. turn into a lead or it, it could turn into a friendship or it could turn into a referral. You never know. So I think yes. that it's, it's a great way just to show up and be that typical community member. I mean, you, we all hate going to a networking event and just having Ugh. someone give us our, you know, business card and then turn around and walk away. That's essentially what you'd be doing if you show up in these Facebook groups and say, hey, come buy from me, come do business with me, and then don't stick around to actually like engage in conversation at all. Yeah, it's just sort of a gross, um, like it feels like you don't know how to kind of have an interpersonal relationship. Like it just feels kind of gross. I heard someone the other day talking about this and saying, okay, and think of it in terms of like, I feel like the relationship and that referral thing is so much bigger and so much more important for me and it should be for any small business person than just that one little kind of interaction of like you know how can I sell to you or how can you sell to me the idea of kind of tapping into each other's networks and how you can both work together is so much bigger and so to you know to go into a networking event even if you think of these like social media kinds of groups like a networking event and to imagine okay you're in a room with let's say you know couple hundred people. And on a good lucky day, maybe five to 10% maybe might, you know, be someone who is a a potential client, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, maybe, maybe a handful of people. So that person you're talking to is probably not, you know, a potential client, but they know someone who might be. And if you kind of go one circle out from them, all of a sudden the numbers and your potential and the conversation is so much easier because it's not like you're trying to sell and it's just yeah. kind of gross feeling. Exactly. Yeah. So that makes so much sense. So in terms of coming back to the trends idea, my other question was when you were talking about 2021 and the audio podcast uprising and all that, and I I keep thinking about Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. and I heard someone saying that they really anticipated that once the pandemic started to decline, that so would Clubhouse. And so I'm curious about your thoughts on that. And also in terms of like, if that's what happens with trends, how closely should we follow things in order to not kind of get caught up in stuff that's, you know, maybe not going to stick around? Yeah, I mean, like it, I think that one of the things about Clubhouse, why it was so successful is because we, 
hadn't talked to strangers in a while. I mean, like networking <laughs> events didn't happen. <laughs> you know, conferences weren't yeah. happening. We weren't having like new connections being made. And that's where Clubhouse was so exciting because like we were having these amazing conversations with people we never would have met because we weren't searching the right hashtags or keywords. And all of a sudden we're in a group with, you know, in a room with them. We're in a room with, uh, you know, Paris Hilton or Grant Cardone and we can raise our hands and ask them a question. And I think that that's why Clubhouse really exploded the way that it did. It really brought to the forefront of how important it is for us to be able to have those conversations in a world where it's just easier to text. And I will be the first one to say that when my mom calls... I won't even listen to the message. I will read her for her voice message yes. and then we'll send a text message back. And, yes. and I mean, like, and it, it's, it's just easier. It's faster. It's and faster. Yes. But yeah. those connections, like we were all wrapped up in our houses. We were holed up in our home offices talking to the same people every day. And we yeah. need to have that interaction. And I think that that is why podcasts aren't going anywhere. Let's just be be real with that. Podcasts are not yeah. going anywhere. It's a great strategy to have as part of your business plan. But live audio is a great way to connect with people faster than ever. And you can move a relationship along at lightning speed. And Clubhouse was the first. And it's still, I th- it's still there. It still has a very strong uh, following different types of rooms. There's lots of stuff on NFTs right now and crypto, but there's still a lot of conversation. so much of that. (laughs) I'm worried that that's going to take over a little bit too much. And then the the rest of the people are kind of like, uh, sort of backing away from like, uh, you know, what do you think about that? Uh, Well, I I think that it's because it's, it's new and and NFTs, but I'm not going to say that I'm an NFT expert. I do own a few NFTs, but Again, it comes back to that community building. I don't want to derail the conversation into NFTs too much, but I do think that NFTs are something to pay attention to as a business and a brand, and it is all going back to driving that community. Yeah. Um, but I think that with with Clubhouse and social audio, it's still conversation driven. It's about this. Yeah. Two to six people on a stage having a conversation, hearing different perspectives, different insights, asking yeah. those questions. That's the way Clubhouse was built and formed, and those are the rooms that do the best. Now, on Twitter, it's a different type of conversation. It's typically three, four people on stage, max, talking about something, and the rest of the people are listening. Facebook audio commenting. Yeah, Yeah. and and you can do those live emoji commenting, sharing it and tweeting about it. It's it all these different platforms exist for a reason because there's different types of conversations happening on them. Another tool that I really like is Fireside. That's like a live video podcast. It's owned by Mark Cuban. You get the transcripts and everything. It's a really cool platform. But I mean, it's basically like a live podcast. And okay. um, it's, it's a, I mean, like, I don't think that these platforms are going to be fading away. I just think that yeah. people are going to be using different ones, just like right now. You know, like, I'm not a huge Snapchat user. Snapchat yeah. is still around. A lot of people still use it. A lot of people spend ad money on it. But I, I mean, I'm more on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Those are my three yeah. kind of main social media platforms. Yeah. And I think that we'll find the ones that fit us and our business the right way. Yes. I think that's so key is to find, like you said, find the ones that fit your business and the kind of work you do. So there's no wrong platform for lawyers in general, because they're so, they do such different work. And I have clients who are on TikTok and they're Mm -hmm. doing cool stuff, but they have found their little uh, group because one of my clients does immigration law. And so she 
finds this Spanish-speaking section of TikTok, and they're talking very specifically about the kinds of questions people have when they're, you know, trying to go. There's so much uh, paperwork and very specific kind of legal questions people have. So that's her thing, and she has done amazing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she keeps it professional, so it's not like you know she's not doing little dances and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. But um, so you know, people joke with me all the time about, well, I'm never going to go on TikTok, and I'm like, never say never about anything. Like you know, if it's not right for your practice area, it's not right. But finding that right avenue where your audience is, is the right answer, whatever that that might be. So, um, so let's talk more about those trends. And it sounds like you're, you think, um, like, I I keep hearing people saying that that kind of clubhouse is, is going away, but it sounds like you feel like it's going pretty strong. Yeah, I think that it's just a matter of, we're not seeing as many content creators. That's the biggest thing is, it takes time to, to be on Clubhouse. Yeah. It takes time to be on social media. And I think that when you are showing up, one hour on Clubhouse is, you know, for me, an entire week's worth of time creating oh posts gosh. on Instagram. So, I mean, I can create yeah. a week's worth of posts on Instagram in one hour, or I could just do one Clubhouse room. But this is the thing. I might get five leads from that one Clubhouse room, and then all of that social media work I might get one, you know, so it, yeah. it really comes down to how you craft your title, how you prepare for your room, how you promote your room. If you have an email list, if you're promoting it on your other social media channels, I think that if you are spending time on Clubhouse, you absolutely need to be on Instagram as well because they are okay. so closely connected. I th- so I think that, you know, you have to have a strategy behind it. And I, a lot of people, a lot of the content creators are talking about NFTs right now and the crypto side because it is the hot topic. And sure. you have to be willing, I, I think that we just need to be willing to start those rooms, be willing to start a room with six to 10 people in it. And if three yeah. of those people, if you have six people in a room and they're six of your ideal client and customer and you're able to have a conversation with three of them. That's amazing. It's a win. I mean, that yeah. like you were saying before, if you go to a networking event and you talk to 20 people and you walk away with three solid leads. That's a great, you know, win. Yeah. Or you go to a networking event and you talk to 20 of the wrong people and you walk away with zero. Think about all that time. Yeah. You got ready. You drove to a place. You sat around. I mean, you spent hours and hours and it was a waste. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, on social media, you can really hone in and make sure that the people and the audience and your message is focused right at a specific group or subgroup, whereas at a networking event, it's not like you're walking around with a sign on saying, I only want to talk to the following four people. (laughs) You're going to talk to whoever you talk to. So so two things on this, and I don't want to take us down the social audio tangent here, but one, if 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 you decide you want to create a room, you don't need to get all dolled up for it. You can do it from your bedroom and your pajamas. You can do, you know, yeah. you can do it from anywhere. Whereas with TikTok or Instagram reels or Facebook reels, now, I mean, all of these different videos, you have to get done up for it. I mean, not to the nines, but I mean, it takes a little bit more effort and energy where yeah. you can do social audio in your pajamas. Right. Cause nobody's looking at you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the second thing is if you don't want to talk, if you don't want to join the stage, if you can find these rooms and they have a new search feature on Clubhouse and you can listen to the conversation and that's one of the best places for market research. I go into a lot of rooms, a lot of spaces, and I listen to what the questions are that are being asked. 
that's how I create my content or write my blogs or, you know, change up the SEO on my website enough. So like, okay, how can I be found in more search? These are the questions that my ideal client and customer is having. How can I, how can I be the answer to their problem? Well, it's by giving the advice and the the strategy behind X, Y, Z. That's it. I mean, that is really the key to almost any kind of marketing strategy, figure out what they're asking. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even in my MBA, that is that, and this was, you know, back before, well, it wasn't totally before social media, but kind of in the beginning, but this was what our marketing professor said, find their unmet needs. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what their unmet needs are until you know what their questions are. So that's, it's a brilliant way to go in listen to what they're asking and then position yourself to answer it. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's really it. It sounds so simple, but there's so many people that kind of swirl around that idea and kind of take it off into the wrong left turn and, and they, um, you know, just kind of present it in the wrong way. But make sure that you're, you know, the solution, not mm-hmm. just kind of doing that first impression and, and first of all, talking about yourself and talking about like where you went to law school and like that's, nobody cares. Like no. they may care down the road as they're getting closer to that decision, but not as the first impression. Like you don't lead introducing yourself by saying, hi, my name is Bob and I went to Harvard. And, you know, like, that's so weird. Like, why would you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I I think that that's one of the the things behind social media is that it, it's called that for a reason. It's called social media. You're supposed to be social on it. Listen to your audience and be, it's, it's, have a conversation with people when they're leaving a comment on your post, answer them. Answer, I mean, it it, it sounds... (laughs) I, I feel silly saying that, but it, it's one of the biggest mistakes that I see so many businesses and brands making is people will take the time out of their day to comment back to something that you created, and then it's just crickets for them. So why would they ever want to comment Ugh, again? awful. Or even why would they even think about hiring you or working with you or even clicking through to your website if you're ignoring them? Like you are giving them the worst first impression. Yeah. Like they, they are kind of cr- cracking the door open, maybe kind of putting that baby f- kind of toe in the water of introducing themselves to you and you're like basically turning your back on them. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So, Katie, as you know, our uh, our audience is full of tireless lawyers who don't have time for to read all the bad business books that aren't worth their time. So, uh, tell us your recommendation for a great book that is worth their time. So, it's going to be kind of in alignment with social media and marketing, of course. But <laughs> it is great because I think it will help you really re- rethink the way that you are showing up on your social media through your blogs, through all of your outward presence. And it's called Story Brand. It's by Donald Miller. It is one of my favorite books. Um, You can listen to it. I recommend reading it because there is like stuff at the end where you fill out the the, the pages and like what are your your action steps going to be. But it is a great way to rethink the way that you talk about your business. What's the story behind your business? And it really gives you that a new way to think about writing and a new way to think about what makes you different because really all of us are different. We just need to embrace the story of what makes us different because that's what people identify with. That's why they want to do business with us. That's why they, they, we position them, our our clients and customers as the hero. Yes. And we're there to help them along the way. So we will, we'll link that on the show page, but honestly, it's, it's one of the key places that I see lawyers and law firms getting 
their messaging wrong and they feel like they need to lead, like we were saying a minute ago, with all the information about themselves and it's very um, first person in terms of the, the law firm and you know all of that stuff and they don't see their marketing and their website as a marketing tool. They, they kind of see it as more of like a brochure, which uh, in my opinion is really the wrong approach. And so you need to get in front of that that client in terms of telling your story and why you care about them and you know making it client centric and then you're instantly tapping into the emotions mm-hmm. of that decision that the client is making and so it just completely changes that experience so it's it's a great book i i think you know that's that's an amazing book it's it's so important for lawyers who think they know how to write but when it comes to marketing and websites and being out there on this level, it's very different. And you need to mm-hmm. kind of reconsider how, how to do it the right way. Great book. I love that book. <laughs> um, all right. So Katie, what's one big takeaway that you want um, our listeners to get from this episode? The biggest takeaway I want them to walk away with is that social media is turning into community. And you have yes. to be thinking about building a community around your business, around your brand, not necessarily trying to post on social media to to gain new clients and customers. If you build a community around your business, they're going to tell their friends about you. They are going to want to do business with you. They're going to be your biggest fans. Focus on building that community because I, and and take that step back, focus on one platform where you can really cultivate it. And if you can grow on the others as well, that's awesome. But start with one and really give it that, that love, attention and nurturing that it deserves. I think that's so helpful and it's it's kind of comforting to know that you can just start with the one and keep it simple and do that really great and then expand from there because it does, like you said, it, it kind of relieves the overwhelm mm-hmm. and because uh, there are so many platforms and it's like, how am I going to do all of this all at once and whatever? Focus in on one, get that done perfectly, get kind of, you know, your feet wet with that. And then if you feel like it's necessary, go out and find some other ones. And maybe it's not. You know, I see a lot of lawyers really focus in on just LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And that's great. You know, do whatever works. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and Karen, I think too, like, and I know that we're wrapping up, but I I think that it's it's one of those things where if you have that strategy around one, and people say it to me often, they're like, well, why would I want to just be on one? Like, aren't I missing opportunities on all the others? But you have to post differently. The, the way that you post on these platforms is all different. The way that you engage yeah. is differently. The way that you use keywords and search and hashtags, it's all different. So it can become overwhelming. And if you're not doing it the right way on each platform, you're just going to be white noise. So that's why yeah. I, I strongly recommend knocking one out of the park. <laughs> exactly. It's going to resonate wrong. And we had a guest recently that talked about the value of the client that you don't get. So, you know, kind of the time that you don't spend and you're saving by not going on the places that are wrong for you, that's something to consider. Like, okay, I'm not going to waste the next three weeks going on TikTok if that's totally, I know that's not right for me. Mm -hmm. And think about how much time I'm going to save by just shutting that down right away. Like, I'm not going to, you know, waste my time and effort. Uh, I'm just going to keep focusing instead my time and effort on the thing that is working. Yeah. 
Awesome. Katie is the social media is a social media strategist at Next Step Social Communications. We will link to all of your good stuff, your social media, of course, of course. and your website <laughs> and the book and all of the good stuff on the uh, show page. But thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.